the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the second hour of the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live. Scott Furrow here with you as your guest host. It's great to be with you once again. And uh, we have had uh, quite the conversation the first hour of our program, and we're going to head into the second hour here with some different things on our mind. You can give me a call at any time, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I know that uh, some of you uh, can't get away and call on the phone uh, and you're listening at work, you know, and that's just fine. In fact, uh, yesterday uh, I got one email that I didn't get back uh, to you right away. Um, Janet, uh, you called. Thank you, Janet. You sent a couple of emails today. I'll get to your comments here. Yesterday, you know, we talked about briefly, I just briefly mentioned it, uh, this idea that the IRS is going to be using facial recognition uh, when you call them up. And you said, I think that's a creepy notion there. It's slippery slope. It is creepy. Uh, It's very, very creepy, isn't it? Uh, thanks for, for writing in there. You can give me a call, 888-LA-TALKS, or email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, and uh, we will add your comments to the conversation uh, as they come in. Uh, so I hope you're doing well. I've got my coffee for round two. Nobody has placed a wager on how many coffees I've had today, and that's fine. Uh, it's not really that big a number, and uh, it's all right. Olympic update. Are you watching the Olympics? We're four days into the Olympics, and I want to make sure that uh, I have this right because I'm just keeping track of it. I'm going to refresh the page here so that we are up to the minute with you. Uh, the NBC website, who always carries the Olympics, they got some kind of long-term deal with that. And it's still true. Uh, the United States has gone four days without a gold medal. We still do not have a gold medal uh, this year. It's kind of a weird Olympics, isn't it? Uh, we have four silver medals, one bronze uh, for us, Russia is number one with only two gold medals. They only have 10 medals. We could catch up, of course. We tend to do better in the summer games. Summer games very much is our thing, isn't it, uh, in the United States. Russia's number one. Norway, Netherlands, you would expect cold places to do much better in the winter games. And I think that's normal and good for those people. I hope that they're uh, doing okay. Uh, you know, the athletes are doing okay, and they're not having some kind of political problem while they're in China. Uh, so many things uh, to be concerned about that. I think that's some of the reason maybe that we're not watching. Is that the reason? I guess I'd like to know. Are you interested in the Olympics? Maybe it's just the Winter Olympics aren't too good. The excuse that's coming out, the excuse is, is that the Summer Olympics of 2020 got postponed because of the pandemic to 2021. And so we just had the Summer Olympics just a few months ago and people have Olympic fatigue. So that's why we're not watching it. I don't think that's the reason. I think that was long ago. I even forgot that that was the reason. Um, so I think it's because it's, there's, there's some political issues here that are a little bit creepy, right? I think that's the thing. I think people aren't watching. Speaking of disappointing police states, um, that whole idea of facial recognition, um, that's coming. 
that's coming, where you're not going to be able to use the IRS website unless you can put your face in the camera and then they recognize you. Imagine how that's going to be with TurboTax. The robo guy will be able to call you by name. You turn it on and it'll say, oh, hi, Scott. Uh, your extension is due in 10 minutes, and uh, I'll hurry up and get that extension in. Actually, to be fair, I've done pretty well at uh, getting my taxes in on time, but I joke about that because uh, years ago that was the thing. It was the extension, and uh, the IRS legally considers me a moron. And how did I get that moron designation? Uh, here's the thing. Um, it's not the same anymore, but it used to be that you could get a two-month extension on your taxes just for sending in the form, and um, then, and that would be good enough. But then you had to go back in August. If you needed more time to get to October, you had to give them a reason. I think it's a four-month, four-month extension you would get, but if you needed the other two months, you had to give them an actual reason, and you couldn't use the reason I didn't get around to it. You needed to be injured, out of the country, sick. There must have been, There has to be something to tell them. Well, you know, today you get your extension, they just automatically take you to October 15th. That way you can scramble to get your taxes done on the 15th of October instead of the 15th of April. So I, I send in my extension. It comes around to August and I haven't done anything on my taxes. And I read this and it says, you can't say you didn't have time. So what do I tell? And this is what I wrote down in the box. I wrote down, I didn't turn my taxes in because I'm a moron. I wrote that in the box and I mailed it in. That was my excuse and they approved my extension. And <laughs> I just imagine that there's some IRS agent in a cubicle with that on his wall, you know, uh, oh, this guy's a moron, and they use that as a good reason. So, you know, maybe the, maybe the IRS has some, maybe there's some legal definition of moron, and because I use that term for myself, I had to be granted that extension. I had to be granted some kind of uh, benefit. All right. Hey, I got a phone call here. I'm going to take Paul from Los Angeles. Paul, welcome to Southern California Live. What's on your mind, Paul? I've uh, been to the IRS in El Monte a few yeah. times last in December, early week, first part. And uh, they owe me money. They, and I called today and they said, well, they haven't started working on your, on your application yet. Even though I was over there, they said, okay, we're going to be starting on it. Okay. So less than five that they owe me. Yeah. That's, I don't understand. I mean, it's just have so you, somebody write a checkout. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> so you're thinking of just how crazily inefficient it is there over at the IRS that they can't just write you a check. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I well, mean, uh, it's a few months already since I've been to the first time, first appointment. Yeah. Did you, were you able to prove that they owed you some money? Yes. Yeah. All right, well. From the 2019 tax return. Oh, okay. Well, you know what, uh, Paul, thank you for calling Southern California Live uh, with that uh, tax problem. And, you know, um, here's what I'll tell you. The IRS will get around to it, um, but it won't feel good. Even when they give you the check, it'll probably come with a letter that you're going to have to read 300 times because it's going to sound nasty. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. But um, I, I had one time recently, a few years ago now, I guess I shouldn't say recently. It was probably six or seven years ago. Or the IRS claimed that I didn't have, I didn't turn in my tax return at all. Well, I did. In fact, I even got a refund, the refund that I put down there, and they deposited it directly into my bank. And the only reason they would have that, I guess, is because I gave them the number for my bank account. So they sent me this nasty gram about taxes and penalties and interest and all of this, um, and uh, how I better get that thing filed. 
Now, they sent it, you know, a couple years later because that's what they like to do. They can tack on that interest for a while. And because they're behind, and uh, we've become a tax program here real quick all of a sudden on Southern California Live. But it's that time of year. And uh, unfortunately, I've had some experience uh, with the IRS this year. So I wrote them back and I said, no, you actually did uh, get my tax return. You gave me a refund and this and that. They wrote me back and they said, we're not so sure about that. And I said, I wrote them back and I said, well, you need to be sure about that. You gave me the money. It's all been filed. It took nine months for them to finally come back. And they never said, they never agreed that I was right. They just said they weren't going to pursue this matter anymore, but they reserve the right to pick it up in the future. And that's how the IRS told me that they were wrong. And I don't think it was about that anyway. I think it was because I, uh, I, I, once in a while I send stuff to our senators, um, and I probably shouldn't do that. Videos that I think they should watch. Remember when? Remember when the Benghazi attack happened, and it got blamed on some video that somebody made that was uh, an insult to Islam or something. And uh, apparently, that's what led to the Benghazi attack and other things going on because some people were out for a walk and they're they're on their phones, and uh, they saw this video and they got so upset that they launched a mortar attack on our embassy because everybody's just walking around with uh, mortars and shells and stuff, I guess, in uh, that part of the world. Uh, So what I started to do after that was send government officials uh, YouTube videos that they could blame problems on. So if they lost an election or they had an embarrassing moment, you know, I would send them a YouTube video. It used to be uh, Honey Boo Boo. Remember that program? I used to send those those clips all the time, say, blame it on this. This is pretty offensive. And I've noticed that when I send that stuff uh, to our governing officials, I tend to have tax problem a little bit later. Something really weird. California one time decided that not only did I not send in a return, which I did, but they sent me a bill for $110,000, the Franchise Tax Board. No, is that who it is? No, that's the federal government. Whoever does the taxes here, you know, uh, Fred, who's got an office somewhere in Fresno, I think he does that uh, in some garage. And he sent me a bill for $110,000. And what they said was that that was my California tax. And I wrote back and I said, I'd like to have my California income. Where is the income that uh, you're taking this money off of? Because I'm not getting it. It's not happening. All right, that's, a, that's about it for taxes. didn't mean to go down that road, but I do hope that you get your money back. I want you to be encouraged that probably they'll get around to it. They're just really behind. The government actually said they're behind. All right, what were we going to talk about this hour? <laughs> we can talk about whatever. It's fine. If you want to call me up and just talk about something, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Oh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I think this is a great thing about our show. I'm going to take credit for this. Not, not me personally, but all of us together. Yesterday, yesterday in our program, we had a conversation about mask wearing and where's the off-ramp for the masks and uh, the different things that they're telling us to do to make mask wearing work a little bit better, including the, the winner, according to a study by Cambridge University, was that to make our masks work better, we're supposed to wear pantyhose over our head uh, while we wear the mask underneath it. And uh, that's supposed to be what we're all doing. Is anybody trying that today? Uh, Don't walk into your bank with that. You're going to have a different kind of problem. Anyway, we were talking about that, and I asked the question, hey, is California going to follow suit of these other states, especially the blue states that yesterday announced that they were relaxing their mask mandates? And right after this program, I'm not kidding, five minutes after this program ended, Governor Newsom announced that we will not be extending the new mask mandate beyond February 15th. Do you think it's because of this show? I like to think it is. I think we did it together, friends. All the uh, millions of Californians who are listening to Southern California Live, give or take, 
a few people one way or the other. Uh, maybe Governor Newsom. Governor, do you listen to this program? You might be in the Southland. If you are planning to go to the game and sit somewhere where you don't have to wear a mask but no one's going to take a picture of you, we would love to have you call us up, 888-528-2557. We won't even make fun of you for that because we don't blame you. And here's what I want to know about this subject. Super Bowl coming up this weekend. The mask mandate ends the last full day of it. I don't know if it ends if if you can take the mask off on Tuesday or if that's the last day you have to to wear it. But the game is on Sunday, and really you just have one more day you got to wear it. Is California going to remove this mask mandate? Now, apparently Los Angeles County, by the way, is not going to remove it, so it's going to continue on for a while unless they change it. It seems to me that because that Super Bowl game is there, everybody should take some time um, and think about this. Do you really want the embarrassment of 100,000 people taking the N95 mask that you're going to hand all 100,000 people at the uh, Super Bowl um, and uh, tossing it on the ground with their peanut shells and not wearing their mask? I think that's what's going to happen. And then you won't have the political fallout when the politicians who are all there, who have tickets to this game, don't wear their mask. Just don't. Just we can be done, right? I don't know. Maybe not everybody feels that way. Um, but that is, uh, that's coming. We'll have to see. But I think the power of this show is that we can influence culture in ways that are way beyond um, our, our expectations, but not beyond our imagination, if you think about that for a minute. All right, I got a phone call a, uh, from the last hour. I'm going to go ahead and take it here. Dave from Santa Paula. Dave, hey, you're calling about uh, the homeless issue. We talked about it the last hour, but I don't want to miss your story, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I uh, have been involved involved with the homeless for, for quite some time. I sit on the board of Spirit of Santa Paula, which uh, initiated a homeless program. And uh, I did uh, uh, this in representing my church. And there was a couple that was sleeping in the park where the couple went to our church, but they didn't have a home. They were going to have a baby in three months, and she was six months pregnant. So I'll, I took her in, and what I did is I created boundaries for which they knew what the boundaries were, and they were able to function in the household without very many problems at all. And I'm hearing people call and say, well, I, I took in a homeless person, and I almost got raped. There are some things that you should know. You should never take... Uh, an opposite sex person into your home and, and it's right. in, you know, in good spirit to do it, but you're asking for trouble in doing something like that. And what I'd like to say is people aren't hesitant to take uh, the initiative. I, I, I'm going to tell you that we have been very successful at applying for grants that our state government offers that our government offers. And we just got a grant for $1.5 million dollars and uh, to make improvements to our homeless shelter and add, in addition, a room with an office that has computers so that they can learn how to uh, work computers. I mean, there's so much more to it mm-hmm. than just giving them a roof over their head. Yes, you're right. Thank you for doing that. How long have you been uh, in this uh, uh, working at this shelter? Oh, I, I, I would say for about at least eight to nine years. Okay, so you've got a lot of experience with that. Uh, Dave, thank you for calling in and uh, sharing that story. If you weren't with us the last hour, we had uh, a lot of calls and conversation about uh, homelessness in um, 
uh, California, and it was led by the idea that that sports betting is coming um, and that it might be used to say, hey, we're going to help the homeless with uh, the state's profits through all of your sports betting. Um, but also the cry out from some people in government and some different things about hosting homeless people in your in your home. Here's a story I, I you know, something to to think about too is one of the things I do when I have a homeless person come by, they'll come by the church sometimes. We don't live in an area we're not a, their church is not in an area where we have a lot of homeless people. I've been at a church like that. Gosh, I was at a church where there's so many homeless people all day and that's part of it and and I for a while I was when I started there I was an intern and I had this office that was in the back of the sanctuary. I was all by myself. And, you know, I could come in and out. Nobody would ever see me. I was just back there. And a homeless guy wandered back there. He came in my office, closed the door, sat at my desk, and he said, voices tell me to kill people. And I said, what are those voices telling you to do right now? And he says, well, I don't hear them during the day. And I thought, that's good. You know, going through my mind was, how many days will I be dead back here before they find me? Um, we help people all the time. Um, and some people are, are hard to do. But one of the things that's really successful if you have this sort of opportunity if you're talking to somebody, ask them if they've got family and if they've got a phone number. I've called many times, and sometimes I hear from the family, uh, no, we don't want to see them again. We've tried to help them for so many years, and they're beyond our help, and we've cut them off, that kind of conversation. But I've also had tremendous success a few times in hearing, reaching out to a family who says, we have no idea where she was. We had no idea that he was living out there. Uh, we would love to take care of him. Would you please help us? And I have packed people up. I've put them on the bus and uh, sent them across the country. It doesn't cost that much money. You can ask your friends. You can ask your church. There are ways to do it. And sometimes you can help people just by getting them the right help, which is uh, their family. So I want to tell that story because we all have these interactions. You can give me a call right here on Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host, 888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, I started to go down the uh, the, past, the path there of uh, some mask things. Since I did, I'm going to play uh, a couple of clips for you because something I'll bring. I'm going to bring this up a lot on this program because I think we need to start talking about our kids and how we're taking care of them or not taking care of them in this crisis. And maybe I'm being repetitive with it, um, but it matters. And the lead of the uh, the head of the teachers union. Um, was on recently. And uh, would you play the teachers' union clip for me? This is her answer to uh, when the mask should come off for the kids. What Dr. McBride just told us about masks not particularly being effective for children, what's the argument against taking off masks in schools? Well, the argument is that you have, well, let me just say this. I am in favor of an off-ramp on masks. Right. The real issue becomes, are, is the, is is the spread low enough so that there's no dissemination or transmission in schools? And it's not the teachers transmitting to kids. Um, it's more kids and kids, particularly in elementary schools right now. And so the question really becomes, do we have, that's why I like what Massachusetts has done, because what they've said is that on a school-by-school -school basis, they said if there's 80% vaccination rates, then those schools can lift the mandates. All right, that was that was Randy Weingarten. Uh, she is the president of the American Federation of Teachers. 
and still wanting to keep kids in their masks. And the reason I bring this up, and I know we have different listeners all the time, and this is something that that I think we have to be paying attention. I realize that people have different opinions about whether they should wear a mask and what is safe. But I want to bring this up because of the science, and I'm going to just repeat it because it matters greatly. The science is not supportive of young kids, especially kids under 11, wearing masks. Did you know that? WHO, World Health Organization and UNICEF, they advise the following children aged five years and under should not be required to wear masks. This is based on the safety and overall interest of the child and the capacity to appropriately use a mask with minimal assistance. And they have a similar statement about kids even 6 through 11. After 12, they say they could go ahead and wear the mask. And I'm, I'm saying this because we're a culture that keeps saying, you know, follow the science, follow the science, but we're not doing that. And what the science is actually saying about our kids is that they shouldn't be wearing the masks. And kids who are younger especially are develop, developing problems, problems with speech, for example, because one of the ways you learn how to speak is by looking at somebody else's lips moving. And you communicate that way with your face. And now you've been wearing a mask for all this period of time. My friends, this this matters. We need to be on this page. And something as, as believers, I think we have an extra duty to be talking about kids. I realize that we might have to be serious about kids and coronavirus and all of those different things. But this is an area where we can speak out and have some influence and really help some people. And I think that there is a call from God to be looking out after the kids. You know, in the Old Testament, one of the things when you read about all those bad kings and the things that they did, you know, one of the things that they did all the time, and maybe you just read past this if you're ever reading Kings and Chronicles, it says of these bad kids, kings who are not walking in the way of the Lord, that they put their children in the fire. And what it was is that they were sacrificing the children for maybe their own children, for maybe their own personal benefit or whatever they thought that their false god or Baal or whoever was going to give them. And we read that with disgust and we say, oh, who would do this? How old is that? And yet, let me ask you this question. How often do we sacrifice our kids today for our own selfish desires because of our own fears, because of the things that we're concerned about? The answer is we do it all the time. And I think this is one of those issues. That's just a a thing for me. I'm going to pass it on. You can join the conversation. You can tell me your thoughts on that if you want to. 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. This is your Tuesday edition of Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a couple of moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. 888-528-2557 if you want to give a call. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number. And uh, I hope that you're having a fantastic day today, a fantastic Tuesday. Maybe it's a Taco Tuesday, wherever you are. Um, I like Taco Tuesday. I try to take advantage of that most of the time. And you're maybe on your way to dinner or thinking about what in the world are we going to do uh, for dinner. Uh, do you have that conversation uh, every night and go, what is it? Oh, we should have thawed something out. I'm excited that I've thawed something out, but I had tacos for, for breakfast today. And, uh, you can get these, these tacos at one place. I really like where they fry the cheese in there. These fried cheese tacos, what they do is they'll make your eggs and whatever, but then they'll put the cheese on the grill and then they'll fry that up. So it's a little bit crunchy and then put it in there. It's fantastic. And uh, I don't know why I'm thinking about food at this period of time. Uh, but there you go. I hope you're having a good Tuesday. 
I want to spend some time and I want to talk a little bit about things that might cause us some fear. Are you afraid? Are you afraid out there of uh, different things? We have war brewing in Europe. Perhaps the experts are divided as to whether or not they think uh, Putin is going to go into uh, Ukraine or not. Is it going to be a small incursion or is it going to be uh, a full-blown invasion? And then what, if anything, are, is NATO going to do about it? Yesterday, the president of France Marcon met with uh, Putin for uh, hours and he came back and he said, I don't think he said he promises me he's not going into uh, France. We've heard that before from European leaders. So I don't really know if that's true. Peace in our time. Uh, So we need to be skeptical. I think about that. We have lots of questions about what uh, China might do in Taiwan and that will affect the world. It affects the chips that go in our cars and computers and other things. Uh, and the distribution of those things. If there is war in Europe or this invasion, it will affect, uh, you know, affect our budgets. It will affect where we place our military, where we send uh, many, many people that we know and love. And uh, coronavirus really isn't quite ending yet. We don't really know. And I'm wondering, I was, I'm getting hopeful that we're going to come to, I don't want to say an end. We've talked about how it'll be endemic. It'll keep on going. The disease will be with us. And as more and more people are immune or vaccinated or whatever's working, there will still be this disease that will last for a while, and some people will will get it. Um, on MSNBC, something that bothered me that uh, was on earlier today is Dr. Gupta made Gupta. Is that how you say his name? Uh, he made this comment about kids, and the the issue is is our kids. Uh, should we be taking the masks off the kids? So a controversy that we've been seeing in the news even with the mask mandates being dropped, are that we're keeping them on for the kids. That the masks, as adults, we want to take them off. As adults, we even ignore it, the mask mandates, as we're, we saw at the uh, NFC Championship game here in Los Angeles a week and a half ago. We'll probably see that this weekend as well. And he says something here that raised my, uh, my antennas. Uh, play the, the Gupta Do you think it's time for school mask mandates to end nationwide? I live with kids who are more than willing to wear their masks, and it's my parents who complain about my children having to wear masks, but my kids don't mind it. Morning, Stephanie. Not yet. So uh, here on on February 8th, not yet. But I I do think that as we proceed March 15th towards April 1st, which I think will be a watershed moment for the country, where we will be truly at an endemic phase based on all forecasts, based on where we are currently at right now, which it doesn't feel that way. I do think that we're headed to a place where you can we can safely do that because warmer, more humid air will mean less transmission. In addition, we have population level immunity by April 1st. So we are trending in the right direction. Important also to start peeling these back when we can do so safely so that come winter time of 2022, when I'm concerned about what that may look like, uh, did you catch that part that uh, what he's concerned about is that when we get to that part that there will, I think it got cut off maybe in the clip here, but what he says here is when I'm concerned about what that may look like, we will have the credibility to reinstitute some of these controls if we need to. Uh, so we're talking about creating the credibility to reinstitute some of these controls with our kids next winter. So we're talking about December of 2022. Um, 
I'm just putting that out there because I think now's the time to write your representatives, to write Governor Newsom, write the health agencies, and uh, you may get some weird tax bill out of it. I don't know. I joke about that because I got these weird things that I talked about in the last uh, segment, but it does seem to happen when I uh, send some notes. Here's a note to send. And and listen to me. I'm not saying that we should ignore the health of our kids, but I want you, if you're feeling like, no, I want my kids to be wearing the mask, to pay attention that the, the science isn't saying that, to pay attention that the studies that are coming out now, that, and I'm not talking about somebody's podcast and somebody that they interviewed. I'm not talking about Fox News or some right-wing organization. I'm talking about even the New York Times, who last month, in a great editorial by David Leonhardt, says that American children are starting 2022 in crisis. The children fell far behind in school during the first year of the pandemic and have not caught up. And by the way, children who are in our poorer communities, in particular uh, people of, of, of color and different backgrounds, have suffered the worst, and they continue to suffer. Many children and teenagers are experiencing mental health problems. This is, once again, the New York Times. This is the left, very left of center, New York Times. Suicide attempts have risen. Gun violence against children has increased. Many schools have not returned to normal. That's still the case. And there is learning loss and social isolation. Um, this is no way to grow up, Jackie Irwin, a reader, said, and it is, said, and it is maddening. Behavioral problems have increased. We we're already having those problems. And this continues to go on. And there's a lot of hard choices that are being made. But one of the things that this article goes on to say, and it's very, very powerful, is that adults are making decisions for their own health and their own comfort at the sacrifice of the kids. That this is where we're at, that the kids are suffering because for the first time ever as adults, we've decided that we want to take care of ourselves before we take care of the kids. It's maddening. It's just absolutely maddening. The kids are in trouble. The kids are in trouble in schools. They are in trouble um, with these results that are in, they're not intended. I don't buy the idea that we're just trying to dumb down the kids, you know, for whatever reason. I think that we think we're doing the right thing. I think that, you know, initially, especially everybody thought this was the right thing to shut down the schools and not everybody thought that, but I think the intention was there. But what bothers me is that now, two years later, two years, we have abandoned the idea that we're doing what is best and we're just operating out of fear. And that's what this is, right? It's, it's fear. Afraid for our, our kids, maybe, that might be what's driving it. But I think this article is suggesting that we're more afraid for us, right? That that is what is going on. This is Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. Carol from Van Nuys. Welcome to the program, Carol. What are your thoughts about this? Hi. Um, I don't know if people notice because they don't read like they used to. When I was in school, we were taught read top to bottom, left to right. Every package of masks I have looked over states does not protect you from the virus. Or yeah, they do say words, that the ones I the ones I buy at uh, the one. 
I buy I'm those sorry. throwaway ones at the Costco and the, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I've read the same thing. I buy those yeah. throwaway kind of at Costco. Um, well, and, I uh, use the cloth That's mask. what it says in the back. Uh-huh. Yeah, I use the cloth mask, but still, they still state on everything I write, it does not protect you from it. And yet they're forcing children to wear them. I'm so glad my kids are not in school anymore. Um, I heard a trucker from Canada talk on the radio. He goes into a grocery store every day for lunch. A little four-year-old ran up to him, almost yanking and pulling on him, and said, look, Mommy, no mask, because he wasn't wearing a mask. And she told him, I like your face. And the trucker, this big guy, was almost crying emotional, saying, what are we doing to all the children like this? Yeah, I think it's becoming a big deal. Uh, Carol, thank you for your call. I appreciate that. Um, let's go to Eugene in San Diego. Eugene, thanks for calling. You know, uh, I listen to your radio station once in a while. I'll tell you one thing. Your station is not why Governor Newsom changed anything because most Cal- your station is not typical of people in California. You know, most children do not. <laughs> you don't think you don't think the governor is listening to our show? Not at all. No. I'm just making a joke about that, uh, Eugene. I think you have a very selective audience of very conservative evangelical Christians, which is fine. They should have an outlet, and that's who listens to your show. Um, you know, we, we have some studies on that that say it's uh, not quite like that, actually, that a large percentage of people here on the, the liberal end of the spectrum and kind of everybody in between. Oh, we lost you. We lost Eugene. Did you hang up or did we cut you off? Sorry about that. What he were going to say, and uh, he... He cut out somehow, so uh, sorry about that, Eugene. You can give us a call back if you want to. What it said on the screen or thing here is that you were going to argue that that the kids need to wear uh, the mask that we are protecting the kids, and I do want that perspective. So, Eugene, Eugene wherever you are, um, you're you're probably right that the audience of this station maybe leans to the right, but we're in Southern California. There's an awful lot of people here who uh, do not and a lot of people listening. What I'm going to make the point here is that this should not be a left and right issue. This you know, we have been hearing that we want to follow the science. And if you don't agree with what the politicians say, then then you're anti-science or you're anti-vax or you're anti-this or that. And what I want to say is, well, the science now has changed. When you read the science, when you go to the WHO website, which specifically says kids under five should not be wearing masks. And the CDC used to agree with that until last spring. And then you hear Dr. Gupta on this program on MSNBC saying that he's not concerned. Notice that what he said was it's not concern about kids' health. He's concerned about the government's credibility when it comes to putting masks on the kids next year. That's what he said. And this is a change. This is not follow the science. And this needs to not be right and left. Eugene, I appreciate your call. I want you to call in, and I want people who have a different opinion to call in. We need to have that kind of conversation on this program, so please feel free to do this. But one of the things that I think is so critical is that we are able to take some issues that, for whatever reason, are right and left, like like public uh, health, and not make them right and left, make them up and down, and be able to say, this is better regardless of how it fits our politics. So let's do that. I got to take a break. We'll be back. 888-528-2557. This is the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you here for our last few minutes. You can call in if you'd like to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Before the break, I started talking about this idea, and it's this. Why are issues left and right that shouldn't be left and right at all? For example, what we've been talking about is kids wearing masks. Why is this a left and right issue? Why is it that following the science is okay when it supports a political point of view, left or right, but not okay if it goes against that political point of view? And one of the things that I think we have got to grasp here is that we've crossed a line somewhere where it is our side, and this is true of us on the left and right with a whole lot of issues. And for believers, we can't be here. We're We are instructed actually scripturally to take the log out of our own eye. Jesus tells us this. This applies to our politics. Frankly, if you want to fix American politics, Jesus gives us the path to do that. Take the log out of your own eye so you see clearly enough to take the speck out of your neighbors. That certainly works interpersonally, and you get credibility for that. But this could work corporately. What if Republicans or people on the right or wherever you want to define it worked really hard to make sure that Republicans were telling the truth or working hard to speak their opinions if there is debate uh, in an appropriate and truthful way? And what if Democrats turned to their own party the same way and said, hey, we're wrong about this. We need to fix this. When we live in this time where what actual science does is it changes over time. And certain things that we believed. A year ago, we were being told that the, the vaccine, for example, would prevent you from contracting coronavirus and from passing it on. Now, I'm not sure that we were told that by the scientists who were working on it, but we were definitely told that by the politicians. And now we know that wasn't true. Uh, the statistics do seem to bear out that the people who are vaccinated are far less likely to die or suffer the worst effects of this disease. That still seems to be true. But when we're talking about our kids, this is the future of our country. It is the next generation of of people, and it matters. We're living in a world where the rest of the world is moving forward in ways that we ought to be paying attention to. Russia, China, the geopolitical situation, this matters greatly. And educating ourselves and getting to a place where we're not tearing each other apart on issues of left and right, because it's really truth. I think most people, this is just my theory, I think most people on the left and right actually agree about a lot that if we didn't have the fear of being canceled or we didn't have the pride of I'm right and my party is right no matter what, which seems to be the case with a lot of things, I think we actually, in conversation, I think we agree on a lot. I think we agree on issues like the border. I think we agree as a people on issues such as gun control. I think we have a lot of opinions that are actually the same when it comes to the environment. And I'm talking about people on the left and right. I'm not talking about the politics or people that you see on the news. I'm talking about you and your friends who sit next to each other, um, you know, at work, at school, at church, wherever you might be. I think there is tremendous agreement most of the time when you really sit down. Maybe not agreement on how to handle things. Last hour we talked a lot about the homeless and, and whether or not the government should play a bigger role or the church should play a role. There's some different thought about that. But we should be able to have an agreement that whatever we're doing, uh, as much help as that lots of organizations are giving out there, 
it's getting worse. And where does that come down to? My friends, as believers, we are people who have the hope to offer, but I think that we're afraid. Can I just say that? I think that we're, that's something that these last two years have shown that I think is not something that we can dispute, is that we are a people in culture who has great fear, that it has shown us, in fact, even in the church, to be afraid. And sometimes we're just afraid of being wrong, so we'll argue a position that no longer is supported by facts and evidence. Sometimes we're, you know, one of the biggest things that we've seen is we're afraid of death. We're afraid of getting sick. And how much of this is driven now by fear? Um, And I understand that. I don't want to get sick. I got the COVID and I didn't like it. And I'm at that age and I've put on a few pounds, especially during the COVID. And it's a little bit, you know, when you when you take the numbers of people who are actually getting sick or dying, you know, I'm getting closer to that demographic where it's a much bigger deal. But something that we have to be in the church is different. Something that we have to be in the church is somebody who doesn't fear. And here's a question that I'll leave you with today as we consider these things. There's a lot of fear that we have in our lives, but fear, what it does is it causes us to make decisions. It causes us very often, if we listen to that fear, whatever it is, to make bad decisions. And sometimes the fear is, you know, well, when you're a younger person, what if I don't get married? We've put so much pressure on, you know, being married. And I understand that. I wanted to get married, and I got married a lot later than I thought. Uh, I'm grateful because of who I married, my wife, Christy. I'm so glad that we've been married 20 years. We didn't get married till we were 29, like actually 29. But sometimes we respond to why don't I get mar- what if I don't get married by lowering our standards and marrying somebody we shouldn't. Many of you have gone through the pain of that. Or what if I go broke and we're so worried about not having enough money that we go and we stop being generous, we stop trusting God uh, for his abundance, and then we go into debt, usually for things we don't need. I'm not talking about buying a house or some things that uh, there's still some questions with that, but there are there's better debt than others, right? So many of us, and I used to be one of these people, I got out of it, but we crater our lives with our debt. And most of the time it's because we're afraid of not having something. So we buy stuff we don't need. We're afraid of missing out. We're afraid if I don't have this stuff, maybe I won't be able to participate or maybe I won't be liked. That's a big one, right? How many of us, because of fear of missing out, we do the dumb thing just to be in the popular crowd and then it leaves scars later. Courage is something that we get when we trust God for our future and we obey him even though we're afraid of where that might lead. That's something that we've got to do. If you are going to be afraid, fear God. Can I encourage you to do that? That we should fear God. Because when we don't, then what happens is we run to something else in his place. And that's where we end up in addiction. That's where we end up in debt. That's where we end up in relationships that are struggling that's where we end up with so much, and that's how we end up divided. It's how we end up divided as a country. We've left God behind, or our God becomes our, our politics. We wouldn't say that so often, right? But so many times, isn't that the truth, that we, that we worship at the altar of left or right or center or whatever it is you think it is? We have so much more. We fear. Let's not fear. 
Let's ask the question, how do I actually, in this distressful world, make sure that I'm fearing God more than anything else? See, the thing is, is if you fear God, if God is, and what I mean by fear is that you need to fear that he's right. I'm not talking about just respect. You know, the scriptures are very clear that we should be, we should be concerned about being on the wrong side of, of faith in the living God. If you're going to be afraid, fear God. The scriptures say something just super important. Jesus says this, Matthew 10, 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one, capital O, who can destroy both body and soul, uh, both soul and body in hell. That's Jesus talking there, okay? This, this is Jesus full of grace, full of love, uh, who talks about hell more than anybody else in the scriptures, H-E double hockey sticks. And see, we have so much fear of the other side or the other opinion or of getting sick or of missing out that we miss the joy of not having fear because we trust God who can deal with our soul. If you're afraid of sickness, you're afraid of the COVID or the cancer, you know what? The worst thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to one day die and go be with Jesus. One out of one person is going to die of something. That doesn't mean be reckless or stupid or unwise. And we got to ask the wise question when we're talking about masks or whatever. But we need to live not a fearful life and submit to that, but live according to Christ. When I bring up the kids and the mask issue, it's because the science, it's because the research and the experience is showing that this is not good. And I'm not saying that it might not change and go back the other way. We should watch this. But this should not be left and right. If we're going to come together as people, as people in the church, because we divide on these kinds of things, our audience might be on the left and right of these issues too. Let's fear God and not fear being wrong. Let's come to a place where we can actually do uh, and escape the weird stuff that is separating us. Are you with me? I'm out of time. I could go on on that, and I'm a preacher, right? So I get into that, but I'm going to have to be done for today. Hey, thank you for all your calls. We had a lot of conversation about a lot of different things and a lot of things that are challenging for us, but that's what we need to engage in and do it well, and especially to do it well so that we can actually take it somewhere. And we've had some fun today also. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I want to encourage you to check out the website of this station. If you're listening on KKLA in the Los Angeles area, go to kkla.com. If you are in the San Diego area, go to kprz.com. You'll be able to find the podcast if you missed an hour of our program, and you can check it out there. There's lots of other events and things to be involved with, so check it out. Go to those websites. I'm Scott Furrow, your host for today. I'll see you later. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 